Hello, welcome to the Bushley Gaming Podcast, your source for ordinary opinions from ordinary gamers. Today, we dive into our star field notes. I'm your host, Jacob Bush, and with me today... When attending a concert, he holds up his phone and proceeds to record the entire set. He is the wannabe critic, Gabe Fast. Wow, that is definitely not me. <laughs> I am so insulted right now. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm going to take off and I'll uh, see you next time. It's the worst, isn't it? It's the worst. It is. It really is the worst. I don't I actually. It. We, me and my wife, we go to a lot of shows. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just kind of the period of our life that we're in right now. And it's like, I hate that. And then I, I hate that I'm almost always the guy that's like the tall guy standing in front of the short person. Yeah. And I always turn around and ask them, like, can you see? Because I don't want to be in your way. Like, it gives like, you know what I mean? It's, it's concerts are just... I'm always worried I'm just going to upset somebody. You know what you I mean? Like, we don't talk We don't talk about tall guilt enough. You know, you don't hear about tall I guilt know. Um, as much as you should. Because I, I experience the same thing. And sometimes if it's assigned seats, it's like, hey, this is just the, the – these are the cards you were dealt. I'm sorry. I'm I tall. Um, everyone's standing up. I'm not going to Are you sit. tall, Jacob? I'm 6'1". Six, 6'6". Six, one. Six, six, one. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you're tall. You're tall. You're taller than me for sure. Because I think Am I'm I right at six foot. Are you, yeah, so, I'm okay, right so at six foot. Yeah, Ryan and I both are six six one area. Um, it's Nick who's who's not who's not as tall, but we we like to we like to run with that. Maybe he is taller than us. No one knows when we're sitting down. Yeah. All right, Gabe. I thought you'd appreciate that one. I know you go to a lot of shows, um, and uh, I think that's great. But everyone out there, Sacrilege. if you do that, don't don't do it. Just don't. That's a that's a PS. Don't be that person. All right. He thinks about the fall of the Roman Empire at least three times a day. He is the retrospective geek, Ethan Maestri. Yeah, it's why not? Doesn't everybody? I mean, that's a thing, right? Have you? Have you uh, okay. I grew, I grew up playing Caesar too. So yeah, <laughs> I, it's always on my mind. Ethan, we're on the older side of pop culture, right? Apparently, yeah. the TikTok thing right now is girlfriends asking their... Gabe probably knows this because I know Gabe's a little bit more attuned to what is going on. Uh, girlfriends ask their boyfriends, hey, how often do you, you think about the fall of the Roman Empire? And everyone's freaking out because the answer is always like, yeah, I think about it a lot, actually. And everyone's always surprised by that. Um, I just got back from Rome and I can't tell you that I have not stopped thinking about the fall of the Roman empire. It's terrifying. Actually, when you, when you look at like the scale and the magnitude of that civilization, and then they're just like not existing or they, they did, they stopped existing kind of, I, I have to watch some documentaries. That's how I feel right now. And I'm, I know you're a history buff. So I'm actually curious. Do you really think about the fall of the Roman empire often? No, I actually don't. Other <laughs> other than when I'm playing Civilization, um, <laughs> I am thinking about it then. But um, it's so funny you bring this up because I did actually, and yes, I am of a certain age. Therefore, I do listen to NPR. Mm. And so <laughs> they just had on uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, that stat came up. That was one of the questions is men indicating that they're thinking about the Roman Empire. I'm like, with everything going on in the world today, 
that's a thing that's on guys' minds. I, mm, it, I, yeah. ju- I don't reach. It just, I don't reach. Also, good call out. It, tell me how old you are without telling me how old you are. I listen to NPR. You can just say yeah. that. <laughs> of course, in my defense, I've listened to NPR because my parents listen to NPR. So ever since I was a teenager. So okay, you you were just forced into it, basically. I was. Yeah. Yeah. You ride. You ride with dad on the way to school. He's going to drop you off. NPR's on. So you, that's, that you know. It. And actually, for me, that was Dave Ramsey. I don't know oh. if you're familiar with Dave Ramsey. Yes, That's what yes, I was I forced into listening to every day on the way home from school. So, hey, I'm pretty Are, good at saving money now, but at the same time, that was torture. <laughs> Kids today don't want to get driver's license and be responsible because the parents don't listen to Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey and NPR was the reason why I wanted my own car and the so freedom you, to so listen to my listening. own stereo. <laughs> Honestly, that's kind of a rite of passage of having your own your stereo and playing your own music and finding your own music really too. Absolutely. Um, you bring up Civ. I since returning from Italy, I've the entire flight I was playing Civ as the Romans because it's just it's in my brain now. So it's what you do. Yeah, it's what you do, guys. We're here to talk about Starfield. I had this uh, at the top of the show. I called this the Starfield notes. Fun fact: I was teasing the idea of launching another podcast called Star Starfield Notes. Um, are you familiar with just field, the term field notes, both of you, Gabe scientific term, you're, you're observing, you're, you're cataloging, you're observing occurrences and you, you document it. I thought that'd be a great title for a show. So I wanted to work that into Bush league somehow. So this is the Starfield notes episode. Um, I obviously assessed that I have no bandwidth for a separate podcast right now. I knew that Bush league would just turn into Starfield. So this is the Starfield notes. Okay. If you if you were announcing it now, I was going to say, let's wait till after the show. Let me dissuade <laughs> you of that idea. But anyway, that's, that's you know, me. I I've only launched one podcast so far. I've dabbled with other ones, and I just haven't pulled the trigger. So it's not going to be Starfield this time. Maybe something else different. Guys, Starfield. Um, Gabe, I want to start with you on this one because we've been texting. The three of us have been texting back and forth, kind of general points of where we're at and Gabe where you're at with it is extremely interesting to me because you've barely touched the main quest but you've logged a lot of hours so first off how many hours have you logged and and what level are you and what are you doing really too because I actually I don't think I know that answer other than mining I think yeah so I'm level 17 and I have as of right now whoops I have it says Two days, 14 hours, and 20 minutes. So um, I'm sure some of that is, I'm sure some of that is AFK, you know, but I mean, not that much, you know <laughs> what I mean? So, um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's kind of my stats. What was the other part of the question? What level and what have you been doing? Yeah. So I've just been kind of whatever seems interesting at the in the moment like i'm just an agent in space like doing my thing like i have no affiliations like like the only affiliation that like i would say and i'm like truly trying to like role play mm. so like i have a character in my head for something different and that's this character's doing that thing and in a way it's like helping me get to know the character it's weird how like that works out but go ahead 
Can you describe that character for me? I want to. I want to hear the character that you're role playing. Um. So yeah, his name is Magnus Nierbjorn, and um, he doesn't quite know he has amnesia, basically. But he just kind of came to one day, and like started exploring. Okay. That's what he. That's what. That's just like what he knows to do, basically. So if yeah. something, you know, he has like a very. He has a very strong compass of right of what he thinks is right and what he thinks is wrong. Mm. So there's no space pirating this this run through. There's no massacring some random village just because like you All know good. like there's All none good. of that. Yeah. Not well, yeah, I mean like what he thinks is right. So you know, yeah. What's your what, what background did you pick for him? Like the, you know how you pick um, the like, uh, adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a diplomat. Yeah. That's what Nick picked. I think Nick picked diplomat also, Yeah, which is consistent with Nick's personality also. Um, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I mean, like I like the, I, I like the idea of having true freedom to do, you know, whatever as this character. And it's like, it's like, if you really, this, I don't know, like, I don't want to get too much into it, but. I like how wholesome it is in terms of like, if you want to do something simple and like focus on that one thing without even, you know, any action at all, like, I don't know, it's got, it's got a hooks to me, but not for the action. Like, it's just, I just feel really immersed and like, I just, I want to see it all. You know what I mean? So you're leaning towards adventure and exploration. Yes. And, yeah. And are like, you doing I'm leaning- outposts? No, I haven't even started an outpost yet. Wow. Okay. I've just been, yeah, I've just been stockpiling credits and farming med packs and, you know, like stuff like that. Um, he sounds very bohemian. Yeah. yeah vagabond, you know? Yeah. You're just, yeah. you're just floating through space. You don't really have direction, but it's, you're, you're a good guy. I, I'm just, it's what I love about Starfield so, so far is that you can just be right. Like it's one of those games that Skyrim was the same way. I mean, Bethesda's good about this. I think fallout's less like this. Cause there's less kind of to do in, in some ways or explore in some ways, but you can just choose a lifestyle in, in Starfield and be that like you could dedicate yourself to just mining and you just mine and explore cataloging. And like, I, that's what I like about those. I think the, the leveling up trees is that, only two of those really have to do with combat and the other three are social and exploration and building. Like, I don't know. I, I think I love to hear that. I, I guess the question is, are you enjoying it though? Cause it's having its hooks in you is one thing. Um, this being a game that's going to last for you is, is something different. Like it, it's, I guess we're how far into this now it came out. Is it about a month now? Close to a month. Uh, not quite a month. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're into week four. We're week about four. to get into week four. Okay, so week four weeks in, Gabe. Um, wh- where are you putting this in? I think the Bethesda scale of things for you is is it is it up in the Skyrim levels? Um, um yeah, I mean, this is probably Bethesda's best game. Wow. Um, I've played. Yeah, I've played every single Bethesda game except for Daggerfall, actually. And um, 
Elder Scrolls Arena or whatever, like the old school Elder Scrolls games. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I just, I've spent so much time in Fallout and I've spent so much time in Skyrim and I see so many like homages to both of those games. Like it's so, it's so Bethesda and like it's execution, but it's something new at the same time. Like they've really, I don't know, like to me, it's like, I, I know I barely scratched the surface and it's like, I don't see myself. And I think it's, I think as of right now, I think it might be their best game because it's by far the most ambitious thing mm-hmm. that yeah. they put out. And I've had like zero issues like running it. Like it's actually done like on console. I've had no problems, like nothing. Series um, X? Actually, it, series S. S I'm playing right on, on series okay. S. Yeah. Good so name. I mean, I, I, I can't. I can definitely see it. Especially, isn't there a new game plus as well? Yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit towards the end, but yeah, there is. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, I mean, just whereas Skyrim and Fallout, it feels like there's something more definitive. Like there's more of a of a goal, you know, um, an overall goal. This just makes you feel like you can become anything. Like it feels like. Instead of it being something, it's like I just play it for a while and then you know move on. It's mm-hmm. gonna. It could, I could see this becoming like a destiny, where this is something that I just pop in and play for a couple hours, you know, a couple times a week. Do my, you know, maybe I get some sort of a side hustle that doesn't require that much time. I can check on that, you know. Like I don't know. It it takes everything of like what I love about classic Bethesda games, but also takes some of those more like sim elements like Mm -hmm. animal crossing and stuff like that and it's like i feel like i can genuinely do whatever i want in this game like it says i have two days of playtime. 80 percent of that has been or not i shouldn't say 80 most of my playtime has been just going you know picking like a, a main mission like following the main quest, landing on that planet, and then like basically fully exploring that planet, like getting yeah. out, maxing out all my resources, maxing out all my scans, stuff like that. Like yeah. that's what I've been doing. Which I, I just saw a comment from from Todd Howard today that said, you know, they built this where, for like five years of gaming. Like they didn't build Skyrim or Fallout for expecting people to play it for ten years. They built Starfield, though, for people to play and play and play. And, and, and part of that is New Game Plus. Um, we'll circle back to that just a little bit. But, um, Gabe, I'm excited for you to dig into the story more because as a Bethesda fan, also, I feel like this is probably one of their best stories, if not the best story. And I want to pull in Ethan here because I know he's further down it. But um, if you're enjoying it right now, I think there's even more that's going to hook you more um, and you'll enjoy even more. So um, Ethan, where are you at? Where do you stand hours gameplay? I want to hear about your background. Give me the lowdown here. Well, it's interesting. What did Gabe say? Two hours, 14, something like that. Two days. Yeah. yeah. Two, two days, 14. Yeah. I'm two days, 13. I'm Ooh. 61 hours in. So wow. 61 hours in, I'm level 35. And 35. Okay. <clears throat> So, yeah, yeah, I'm deep into it. It, 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 my only Bethesda experience was Fallout 3, and I didn't get f- very far into it. 
because I it didn't get its hooks into me. And then once I realized, you know, I had to manage an inventory and things like that, it was not Mass Effect. Mm. And I played Fallout 3 after playing Mass Effect and liked Mass Effect, loved that gaming style. And Fallout 3 was not what I was expecting. And it wasn't Knights of the Old Republic either. So I, I realized it was going to be different, so I shelved it. And then I just never went back to it and yeah. did other things instead. So this is really the first time I've given myself the opportunity to get, you know, my hooks into a, a Bethesda game. And at the start, the way the game starts with you being a miner and not really knowing what your own backstory is, because you haven't created it yet, which I thought was really unusual, that it just drops you in. And then later you grab the slate and then you create your character. I thought that was really cool. And like Gabe was talking about, allows you to ease your way into, okay, this is my character. So I really have to think about who I am and what I want to be. And just the way that opening sequence played out reminded me of uh, an old uh, Star Trek novel that I'd read called Prime Directive, in which Captain Kirk is ousted from Starfleet. And he goes off and he's a asteroid miner for a time. And finding himself and i and i kind of felt like oh, i'd love to inhabit that character you know that version of kirk and so i created my character as an explorer empathic and you know wanting to negotiate with people rather than come in guns blazing but what i've found as i've played the game is i have leaned and it's totally not the game the type of game that i play or the style that i go for but i'm very much a run and gun player in this game wow. which has really surprised me and it, it honestly it's the it's the customization the upgrading that system i've gotten not like i i've seen guys online that have stuff that i i can't even imagine how they're building it but i've i've put time into customizing my core group of weapons that i go to and just that's how I've gone through the game. And it's like the the ship that I have, the weapons that I have, my spacesuit. I've loved modding my spacesuit. And it becomes part of who you are, part of the character and the fabric of the story. Pardon the pun. But, you know, it, it's this game has really excited my own imagination so that, you know, we, we've talked about and you guys talked about it on, on the last show that you did, uh, thinking about the game when you're not playing the game. And it's been a long time since I've had, you know, since I started playing Elite Dangerous, uh, another game, another IP that has excited me to that level. And that's what's happened here with Starfield. I'm I'm absolutely loving it. Which I'm glad you brought up Elite Danger. Oh, are, is that a hand raise, Gabriel? Hand? Yeah, yes, I, I just, I liked what, I liked what Ethan said about, like, um, reigniting your imagination, because that's mm. totally what happened to me. Like, you know, I'm in a position right now where I can't really podcast regularly. I can't really create regularly. And for me to be okay and hear, like, that's something I'd have to do. So I got this idea, you know, kind of similar to you, Jacob. I'm just calling it, you know, whenever you go into photo mode, there's a, a letterbox, you know, a theme where it just says into the star field. Mm. So that's what I've kind of decided to do. A lot of my time that I've spent has been taking pictures. That's awesome. Like, that's what I've been spending the like, literally there will be like hours of playtime where I go from point A to point B and I'm like, Oh my God, that shot. And I, it's like, Oh, I can capture that, you know? And then 
you know, you just spend it. And like, I think about how I'm trying to tell this story on my blog and, you know, I'm sorry, I should give more steps, but it's like into the star field is like now a segment on my blog where, you know, you give those field notes, like what you're talking about, like, Oh, you know, I encountered this pirate on this, on this, uh, planet and, and this happened you know it's like and you share pictures of that it's like that a video game is causing us to have thoughts like that you know what yeah. i mean and like yeah. create ideas and I, I love how ethan put that where he said you know having your imagination ignited like that's special like we see so many games that come out nowadays and it's just like it seems like it's copy and paste in a lot of ways and that's yeah. that's not this obviously no, it's it's one of those games that re- reignites that kind of like childlike wonder of a game, right? And I think like when I look at this year in gaming, it, 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 to me, it's one of the best years of gaming ever. When I look at its peers, like a Tears of the Kingdom or a Baldur's Gate, um, Tears of the Kingdom, for example, it's more structured where my imagination isn't fully being messed with because it's not like it's still Link at the end of the day. Like, I'm still going to find out Link's story. Where with Starfield, it's like, who is this Jacob Bush? Like, who who is this character? I want to find out. I want to develop them. Kind of the opposite side of Ethan, I started as a mercenary or a, a bounty hunter, basically. I, I picked bounty hunter as the class. And I've just put resources into di- being more diplomatic. So, like, I, I talk my way through everything now. So, it's funny to see, like, even as we played and we, we had a vision originally – we both have already gone in different directions of that original vision because we're finding the character. We're finding who they are. Games don't do that often, right? I, I really do think Bethesda is is that developer who does that. Um, and, and Ethan, I wanted to circle back. You brought up uh, Elite Dangerous. So you go in, you play the deep sim sci-fi games, right? Um, Gabe brought this up as simmy, but I think, I think this is actually sim light in contrast to something like Elite Dangerous, where is where is Starfield falling in that sci-fi space for you, right? It, it's not all sci-fi games are created equally. There's differences here. But how has this hooked you? Because it's from the outside looking and not playing Elite Dangerous, this is extremely different than Elite Dangerous, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. And I was a little worried going into it that this would be somehow uh, would displace Elite Dangerous, and after just a couple hours of playing, I realized no, this is this is going to scratch a completely different itch. Um, Elite Dangerous is a is completely a sandbox, so the person that you are in the cockpit is completely in your head. There is no representation on screen. There is nothing really tangible that impacts the story that's taking place in Elite Dangerous regarding your character. You're not you're not influencing. You're not you're not changing the story. The story is the story, and you're just one person flying a spaceship. That's all it is. It's enjoyable, and it scratches a particular itch for me. Starfield is something completely different, and I've really enjoyed getting into it because your character is central to a story that is unfolding. The decisions that you're making are advancing that story and changing it. And you guys mentioned in the last show that you did the logic tree on this thing must be enormous. And you spend two hours, three hours in this game, and you realize, like Gabe was saying, sky's the limit on what you can do and what you can be in this game. And it has a lot more options that is completely different 
than what I'm used to playing in Elite Dangerous. So it really is, it's two different games, it's two, two different directions. When I'm in the mood for one, I'll go that way. When I'm in the mood for the other, I can jump in there too. And so that's been enjoyable to see that it's not, you know, the, the Venn diagram isn't really, it's not really overlapping a whole lot. Yeah, I was, I, I thought of you when I was playing because I'm like, I think where I've heard discourse with Starfield is around the fact that people expect it to, to be more semi. Where an example of that I've heard that critique is that, oh, I can't just fly from planet to planet. It's you are fast traveling to planet to planet. Yeah. They yeah. were expecting something more like a, a no man's sky where there is a little bit more in atmosphere. There's, you know, you fly out of atmosphere and you fly into atmosphere. Um, you can set courses that are in fly to those courses where Starfield is not built like that. It's built more to streamline, I feel, I feel like, story and experience than this the the simulation of being in space it, it it touches on it but it's not that exactly the joy of elite dangerous is coming to understand the sky, the size and the scale of the universe of the galaxy that's where elite dangerous has something that there's not really any other games out there that touch what it's able to do mm. starfield is not that starfield is you have a lot of places you can go but it's not about exploring those places, although that is a component. Um, it's not about expressing the size and scale of the galaxy that you're inhabiting. It's, it's limited and you can tell it's limited. If you're, you know, if you're an elite dangerous play, <laughs> there was a meme. Uh, somebody said that Starfield has over a thousand worlds and people on the internet were coming a thousand. Oh man, that's amazing. And for those of us in Elite Dangerous, we're like, oh, how cute, because there's <laughs> four billion stars in the Elite Dangerous game, right? And you, yeah. you will never visit all of them. So, yeah. but where Starfield excels is taking that story that you're a part of, and each place in there is a component of that story. Yeah. And Elite Dangerous is just so large, you're not getting that same kind of crossover in, in the way they're, they're telling their stories. Ethan, have you touched on so Gabe? I know you you said you didn't touch on base building. Um, have you have you touched on base building at all? I have just a little bit. Okay, so can you speak briefly to base building, and then also I assume you've touched ship building. You seem like the ship builder type. <laughs> it's okay. I'll, I'll get to that in just a second. As far okay. as base building, okay. um, I'm very I, I'm not too deep into it, but it's very No Man's Sky. Yeah. I mean, if you did any base building in No Man's Sky, this is exactly what you're getting in Starfield. It's just graphically, to me, it's a little more mature looking. It's it's better looking, right? Uh, less cartoony. I've, I have enjoyed that, and I have a base that I, I have my little workshop. I've got all my benches in a little round workshop, and I've got an atrium, and I can go sit there and while away time and drink, you know, boxed bourbon or whatever I want to <laughs> do, you know? And so I, I have enjoyed a little bit of that aspect of the game. Ship design, there is a lot to it. And I have actually not delved into it all that much. I, I got a particular ship for for becoming a, a lawman. And that has been kind of my go-to ship. Now, there was a mission that I came across and I did not have the... Is it astrodynamic level to be able to navigate out that far? Uh, oh, is it? Can you only go so far out with your? I didn't realize that. Uh, it, well, because of the size of the jumps. Yeah, 
In yep. some cases, it limits you, and you can't jump to certain areas. Well, I found a mission that was that far out, and I could not jump there with the ship that I had. Oh. So what I ended up doing was finding a ship with a decent jump range. And what I ended up buying was, I think, the Deimos Achilles. Mm. And it's just a, it's a small ship, but it has a 25-light-year jump range. The, the light year I needed to jump was like 27 and change. So I ended up upgrading the drive on it so that I got 30 light years out of it and I was able to fly out there and do the mission. So that is very much an elite dangerous thing. You know, pick the ship that best fits what you want to do or where you want to go and then tweak it so that you can get the absolute most that you can out of it. And so I have enjoyed that, but the customization, uh, painting, uh, reconfiguring there, there is, one of the guys in my chat, he posted a picture of his ship, and it looks like a massive Lego kit. <laughs> and it's just, I, I haven't gotten that far into that rabbit hole yet, but I'm I'm when I get to New Game Plus, that's what I'm one of the things I've got earmarked to it, uh, spend some time with. It's a big rabbit hole. Also, uh, why is Sarah not your companion? Hmm. You want to know how I know that? How's that? So. Your companion's skills are integrated into your ship when they're your companion. And she has maxed out that skill that you're referring to that allows you to jump further. So if she was on, if she was your companion, you wouldn't have had to do any of that. Um, so just a tip, that's, for, a tip that's for those a, out there. Okay, that's a sore spot that you just touched in my story. And it actually has deeply affected the way I've been playing the game. Interesting. Okay, no spoilers so, if that's the case. No, no spoilers, but like I said, I started as explorer, diplomat type, empathic, right? I was trying to talk my way through virtually every situation. Uh, an event happened, and I just went on a rampage. Wow. <laughs> and, and it changed how I played the game. It's amazing how the game sucks you in and then changes your perception of the game or your, yeah. your perception of the story. And totally sh- can shift you into a different mode of play you're finding it was, you're finding your character you're yeah still, yeah, yeah. I, I, I everyone i talked to has played it so far and who's who's ha- is hooked is finding their character and i think that's so cool um gabe yeah. anything on there have you touched on ship building at all no not really i like the the vanilla ship because yeah that's the thing is like i, I chose the perk that gives you a house I, so you mentioned that yeah yeah, so I mean, like, pretty much any time I need to dump off a bunch of resources, like, I'll just go back home and, like, store everything, you know, like, Minecraft hoard, basically. Yeah. And, um, I don't know, it's like, it's only, every time I, I need to go into the house, it's, like, 600 credits or something like that, you know. Um, so it's not that big of a deal. It's like, oh, it's basically like having a little storage unit, you know. But um, Ethan was touching on, like, how the game changes you. It's so funny, like... I've taken on multiple quests like from different factions to get to know those factions because, you know, fallout new Vegas is also very big on factions, you know, like things that you do affect the way that people view you and like that affects your, your prices that you get at um, stuff like that. Now I know obsidian made uh, fallout new Vegas, but I'm just saying it taught me a certain way to play this faction system, you know, and I feel like it's very Fallout New Vegasy to me. Um, it, it has a very similar like feeling. So it's like it's so it's so funny hearing how Ethan like has had an experience and that is like changed his perspective of the game. 
I'm actively trying to not get in too deep with any factions because me as the player, I have all the power. Like, I don't want my heart to be taken over by someone else's, like, bidding. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I want to have access to all of you guys when it's beneficial for me. But, you know, it's it's just, this game's awesome. Like, the fact that we're all doing similar things but yeah. having completely different experiences. And, and I think the best way that I think I've come to realize it, it's like, Starfield doesn't excel in any one area at all. It does a ton of uh, a, a bunch of little things and is all of them are executable. Like they all work all the systems that are in place. They're not, there's a lot of systems to learn and like there, there's no system that like is the, the standout, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's shooting elements, there's melee elements, but it's not really like a shooter game. You know, it's like it does all these things to a level that is impressive, thus giving thus giving us like that really special one of a kind experience. And it's it's amazing, like how it's affected. All of us have like three com- completely different viewpoints of the game. Like it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I haven't heard it described like that game because there there is discourse around this game. It, it's it's a bit polarizing, right? And. I think people expected it to be the best in every field, right? I, I think that's kind of the ex- people had crazy expectations for this, and it it doesn't excel at anything specifically, but it does everything very well. And I think when you can deliver everything very well, it makes you feel like it's limitless because it's really it, you're not put in a single box. It's like you could do this, which is fun. You could do this, which is fun. Um, I, that, that's a great characterization. It's definitely the jack of all trades of of gaming right now. Um, but but to tack on to that, yeah, yeah, it doesn't excel at, at any one thing except for, I would say, the stories that it's mm. allowing you to play out because there are there are so many sci-fi stories and tropes that they've that they have cobbled together. And you can tell that this group that has developed this game has a love for all things sci-fi and for space. And, and that this this game just exudes that. So if it if it does excel at one thing, I would say that's it. Is taking somebody like myself that you know has grown up watching Star Trek, Star Wars, has collected space toys and watched the shuttle program, and you know dreamed of if the space race had continued, you know everything that we, like we were touching on earlier. If there's a love for that, you're going to recognize that in this game. It. Mm it is all throughout this game. And so, and even if you don't like real space and you're just a fan of Firefly or Star Wars or whatever, there's something in here for you as well. And the moment you see it, you're going to be like, oh yeah, I see what, I see what, where they pulled from. Uh, And that's from the side missions to the main quest to just the little ancillary stuff in the towns and things that you can run into. There's all these little hints at the love for all things sci-fi have you guys been arrested yet i mean i've I've been caught i've been caught with contraband stealing okay so did you open up that mission line when you get arrested apparently not no i just paid my fine and, and walked out of jail let yourself get arrested and taken okay. to a facility. Okay, I'm not going to do anything from there, but 
Okay. It opens up one of the biggest and most interesting storylines. Um, hmm. And it's phenomenal. It's, it's, it's a, it's a great storyline. So um, guys, any stories you want to share that aren't the main story, anything off the beaten path that you've just discovered or stories you've told yourself or things that have just happened um, in, in the world. Last week I mentioned some things about, you know, finding derelict ships and the stories that I'm told from that. I'll add one more to that list. Now I recently found a derelict station and when i go on that station it's full of spacers and they proceed to shoot at me and when i wipe them all out i start looking around and it's a zero gravity casino um i have you seen the zero gravity casino either of you gabe you're nodding like you have yes you've seen this yeah it's in the same system where my house is so okay yeah so it's actually orbiting like the planet that i live on that my house is on so yeah, it was like, yeah, that was that. Was, yeah, and like your your grav, like your boost pack is engaged the whole time, basically. It's a zero grav fight, which I don't, I didn't have up yeah. to that point. That was the first zero gravity fight I've had, and it was a lot of fun. It was really cool. Yeah, I'm Any, gonna need to know what system that is after after we're done here, but. Yeah. It's really cool. Any any stories like that you found? Anything that you've discovered that is off the beaten path that might not be spoiler, but it's just interesting that you I, found. Yeah, I've got one that really, it was, I, I was, my hooks were in the game, but then when I stumbled across this side quest that that I ended up spending some time on, it took me a couple of nights of, of my normal time. I play about two to three hours at a time, more or less. It, it, it was a couple of nights that I pursued this story. And it was, and I can't remember now if I picked it up on a slate somewhere in Aquila city, or maybe it was neon, or if I heard of it from a passing ship that hailed me, I can't remember now, but anyway, there was a distress call in Charybdis. And this was, this was when I had to buy a ship and upgrade the drive to get out to Charybdis. I couldn't just jump straight out there. So it took me a little bit before I actually got to it. And what I found out there was, and I'll go into a couple of details that you find out front end, there's clones in this settlement. They're not just any clones. They're genetically uh, sequenced from the ancestors of great figures of history. Wow. So you talk to FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. No, you, you do talked, not. Yeah. And, and this, this to me was so awesome that they put this in here. She's not key to the story, but they put Amelia Earhart in there. Oh my! Which is it to me is just a direct reference to Star Trek Voyager, an episode of Star Trek Voyager where they come across. It's called the Thirty Eights, where they run across people that were abducted by aliens in 1938 and put on this planet in the Delta Quadrant. And Amelia Earhart is one of them. <laughs> so you talk to Amelia Earhart. You talk to Genghis Khan. You talk to uh, I, I can't remember her name now. Uh, uh, Egyptian queen uh, Cleopatra. Um, not Cleopatra. It's a different one. Um, in any case, so you talk to all of these individuals and you realize it's kind of, there's kind of this cult that's developed around them because the mission that they were designed for was to be leaders for the settled systems. This faction was going to release them into humanity, take over the settled systems, and sol solve all of humanity's problems. Oh, my gosh. But the mission fell apart. And so you have to then go and figure out why it fell apart and how to fix it. And I won't go any further into what you do there, but just the fact that it starts you off with that. And then 
so you start off with Star Trek elements. That's very that's very much a Star Trek thing is running into Abraham Lincoln on a planet, you know, <laughs> but but then to to take it a step further and turn it into elements of an alien story, as in Ridley Scott's Alien and oh. and, and then some other sci-fi tropes in there that you that you go through in resolving this quest just hats off salute top drawer storytelling i i ate that up and am looking for more missions like that out there and have found a few and, and even part of the you know the main story quest is as i'm coming to find out is very high level sci-fi storytelling and i'm yeah i can't speak highly enough of of the way they're allowing you to experience these stories it's always a side quest right it's with bethesda yeah. and ethan i guess you don't really know this but that's they really excel with side quests um fallout skyrim oblivion morwen like you played these games because most of those games that i just named i did more side things than actually cared about the main quest because they were so good and with starfield i feel like there's so many that are so good that I'm going to beat this game and miss 90% of them. And I'll have to go back to New Game Plus and try them out. Um, that's amazing, though. That is... Uh, I have to find that quest now. I need to ask you... I'll ask you how you initiate that at, uh, at the end of this episode. Gabe, anything like that? I know you're not doing as many quests as, as us. So, like yeah. I have a really good one that, like, like, like touched me, right? Like, the game... I had a moment. So there's a company called Ryujin Industries. Oh, stupid cat. Get. <laughs> she just turned off everything. You're still here with us. Hate. We can hear you. Yeah, I know. I'm on my iPad. I literally got on my iPad for that reason. <laughs> Freaking stupid cat. Do you have like a power um, switch on the ground? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. It's not the cat. I live, in a, I live in a fifth. I live in a fifth wheel. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, so I was exploring and I was doing something for some, I don't remember exactly what it was. I just like jumped to a random system and Ryujin industries is like a corpo kind of company, you know, and like, I've been doing some work for them. So I'm like an agent of Ryujin or whatever, you know? So I have like clearance with Ryujin. Well, this ship was getting attacked and it turns out it was a Ryujin ship. Well, I took out the ship that was attacking it and boarded them. Turns out they had gotten a hold of a sentient AI. And they're like basically trying to like basically take advantage of it because they don't know anything about it. So they're like telling me like, Hey, you know, this thing it killed our on it killed our scientist on on board you know but you know go take this thing like you're a reunion agent like you take this thing and do it so i told them that i would but then i started conversing with this ai it was like not it, it said it wasn't an ai actually it like was saying it was it was calling itself a person and it's like communicating communicating with me like how did in 2001 so it's like a total 2001 moment, like you're talking to Hal and it's like trying to reason with you and get it to understand. And it's like, then it tells me like, oh, those two are hostile. And like, I believed it. So I killed both those guys. <laughs> and it base I basically like it shut itself down 
boarded my ship and like it's like okay i'm gonna go explore now basically like it's like i don't have emotions like it started asking me all of those questions like if i was it what would i do you know and there's only so many options that it gives you so i told it like yeah if you have no emotions i would just try and learn like learn as much as you can so that's what it told me it called itself juno and it's like all right well thank you for giving me this insight like i'm gonna go explore i'm gonna go you know i've 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 figured out like how humans can be and uh i'm just gonna go this won't be the last time we meet but like i'm just gonna go and isolate myself basically so that was kind of crazy it, an ai got me to kill two humans you know <laughs> that is not and again but to your point about uh 2001 like it's it does it really calls back to a lot of these things and whether very directly or indirectly you do it does invoke those feelings of what because anyone totally. knows a lot of sci-fi fans have a lot of sci-fi um baggage right and it's it's going to pull on some of that it's going to play on maybe some of those expectations um these stories guys like i just want to play the game more like all right, episode's over. Let's go play Starfield now. Yeah, I'm looking at the clock here. It's like, just, yeah, I got more. I got more time. I got yeah. We wrap this up pretty soon here. I got to play for an hour or two. Um, I've been playing this whole time. <laughs> Not really. I'm, I'm kidding. I have wanted to just record a podcast and play a game the entire time without anyone noticing. That that that'd be fun. But you would definitely notice. I'd be very distracted. Um, guys, anything else on Starfield? I want to touch on New Game Plus, but anything else with stories or anything um, you want to circle back on what we've talked about? Um, I have something that I don't really like about this game. Let's hear it. So, first of all, even on PC, it looks like poop. Um, it's not pretty. Like, it has, mm. I mean, space is pretty. Space is pretty. And, like, there are moments where I'm like, that's cool. But, like, it looks it looks like it belongs on the Xbox 360. Like it's and, it. And I would even correct I'm you sorry. too. I would. I wouldn't even say space is pretty. I, I. I. I was talking to one of my uh, George. George about this. He sent me a screenshot, and it's like the blacks of space. It's not black. Like space is very gray, yeah, and totally and you can't change brightness either. You can't change yeah. these things on PC unless you go into or, photo mode and like if you want to capture the like that's why i've been spending you know it's like i want those images but it looks nice yeah. like yeah it looks like poop um which is fine like this game if this game would have come out on xbox one no one would have batted an eye but yeah like you know there's only so much they can like i, I would totally sacrifice the cosmetic aspects to have the experiences that we're having like it's okay i feel like i'm playing fallout 76 is what i feel like i'm playing like and that's fine i would say the interiors look pretty good um but like i yeah. mentioned this on on the last episode the characters have the polar express uncanny eyes and they just can't get yep. rid of it like yep the character models when you not not a not no uh fanboyism here with console wars or anything but when you look at like a Sony game, like a first party Sony game, and you look at the facial animations, it, it pales in comparison. This pales in comparison to that. It's it's night and day. And I, I know that it's it's different. I think Starfield is seeking to do something different. And uh, that's not a priority for them, obviously, because you know the technology is there. You see st smaller studios do it. Um, but it is a little bit disappointing. I, I agree with you, Gabe, that like 
you know, this is just next gen. This is Series S, Series X, and PC. So when you start making games like that, you do have expectations. And when you're not delivering in the frames department, right? It's locked at 30 on console. I'm expecting more in the resolution department. Um, and and I feel like we kind of miss out on both here. Now I'm playing on PC, um, so I get a little more frames than than console. I well, I've been I'm, playing on yeah, I've been playing on my laptop too. Like I I've I've compared. You know, I'm like you know how much no, better brag, does it play? Let me brag. Let me brag, Gabe. No, let me brag I'm not going to let you. I upgraded no. on PC. I upgraded <laughs> <No>. it. <laughs> I upgraded. Um, it's, it's still not even that upgraded. It's a 2080 now, which is still like many generations behind. I'm playing 2070, have, so you're a step up. Nice. Yeah, there we go. Uh, 20, yeah. 20 series, brothers. I also have another problem, and I don't know how you would avoid this console, but it's the same problem that I have with Redemption 2, and Red Dead Redemption 2 is like one of my favorite games of all time. You are in the menus in this game far yeah. too long. Like, when you need to do stuff, like, it is just oppressive um at times like i'm always like having to like play you know in a way it's kind of nice having to have a mini game and inventory management but I, I shouldn't have to play that long and be punished that long to like like i should be able to be taking more stuff you know what i mean like it just feels like i should be able to for the amount of time i'm putting into it but I just feel like I'm in my menu so freaking much. It's it's so annoying. But so it's a small Gabe, pri- it's a small price to pay. Small price. Yeah, to pay. and Gabe, I, I I'll encourage you on this because I, I had the same frustrations. And I'm curious of of how Ethan's handled this. But early on, I was picking up a ton of things, everything, and and I was spending a lot of time in my inventory managing it and, and moving things around and selling things. And now I have like five hundred thousand credits, and I'm not really even spending those credits, and I'm finding that. I'm enjoying the game more when I'm just running through and, and gunning and I'm not picking up any suits because those just completely weigh you down. I'm only picking up very light guns to sell. Once you kind of start like honing in on what is worth picking up, truly worth picking up where you don't have to manage things, the game actually does feel better, but you're 100% right. There's a lot of menus, even non-item like uh, non uh, item menus. It's like getting through quest lines in the menus and, and going into your ship in the menus and going through the skill tree. Like there is a lot of like time to actions very long in this game. Right. Yeah. I feel I like you are like, either in Go ahead. No, uh, you're hitting it on the head. Sorry. No, no, no. I, I just think it's, I think the, you spend a lot of time in menus and in dialogue and most of the time dialogue is fine. Cause that's, that's a perk of this game. But at the same time, it's compounded by how much you spend in, in menus where it's like, okay, what did I just do actually? Like I, my character moved six feet and I, I played for an hour, you know? Yeah. Um, literally. So like, I say all that with, and I think, yeah, I think I'm in the same space as you gave that. It's not a perfect game. And we said this last week, there are lows, like there are definitely lows in this game, but the highs are so high and it has its hooks in me where it is like, yeah, my imagination is unlocked. And, despite all these issues we just brought up, it's still unlocked and I just want to keep playing Starfield. So it's doing something magic right there, in my opinion, where it's like, I know there's problems. I see the problems. I see why it got negative reviews by some, or just good reviews by some outlets. 
but it's not bad. Like I, I love the game. So I'm glad you brought up some, some uh, criticism there. I guess Ethan, anything, anything on your side is criticism. Do you agree with any of this? Yeah, I, I, I hear you guys talking about the the menu being in the menu and inventory management. That was kind of a, that was a tall curve for me to kind of get my head wrapped around because I'm I was like you said I was picking up everything at the start and then I'm like oh you know I suddenly I sound like I'm a asthmatic old man you know run <laughs> trying to run around everywhere hold, carrying too much. And so once I got my head wrapped around the inventory system and how to management, and like you were saying, once you realize, okay, I want to craft these things. And once you have kind of that recipe in mind, then you know what to look for. One complaint I did have up until the patch that was just released this week was certain items where I could go and buy them instead of actually going out and collecting that resource. And just like in my own home, Anytime I want to stick something together, I don't have the right glue for it. Well, I was running into that in Starfield as well. Adhesive. I needed all the adhesive, and I was finding none of the adhesive. And then I found a store that sold it. I bought it, and it was two days before the guy restocked. And I didn't like that. Well, since this patch, now it it, it restocks the store way more frequently. So when I need adhesive, I'm able to buy it just as I need. Um so finding those little hacks and things like that, little uh, shortcuts, has been really handy for me. Would you not so, just go to sleep, Ethan? No, that's a that's a that's a Bethesda hack. Actually, that's always really. Been. So See, I, I had no clue. So vendors no restock. Clue. Most vendors restock every twenty four hours. So yep. and that's like historic Bethesda games. So like, yep. if I want to okay. go sell stuff and I have you know forty thousand worth of credits. It looks like I'm sleeping four day, you know, um, you know, eight days to try and sell all that to the vendor who only has five thousand credits. Okay. Um, same goes for adhesive. If you need adhesive, okay. go back to your ship. Or well, fun, you're gonna love this. Go to Venus. Time goes faster on Venus, and then you go, <laughs> and then you go over to. No, no, no. Uh, you can literally just go sit in a chair. Like that's how I've been stockpiling med packs. Is like you can. Literally go in the waiting wait room at at the med, med medical center and just wait for 24 hours and just go right back in and buy stuff. Well, si- since the patch that they just did, it stocks way more frequently. That or the vendors in Aquila City are busted somehow. Mm. It's, 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 it's one of those two things. But this day, week, it's, it's gotten a lot better. Yeah, if it's quicker or not, you still have to wait. So if you just wanted to wait or sleep, it's going gonna, it's gonna to restock for you. So. Good to know. Another know. tip there for uh, for players for for a non Bethesda guy like myself. Um, one other thing I will say is yeah. the the thing that this game is giving me that I've always wanted in Elite Dangerous and they've never been able to deliver on is ship interiors, and it's this is I've always wanted to walk through my ship in Elite Dangerous, but I can't, and this game is giving me that, and I love ships. And am stockpiling credits right now. When I get a new game plus, I'm going to become a collector and I'm going to crawl through <laughs> every nook and cranny of these ships because that's just something that's that's cool that I like. And this game does it really well. One of the best parts about shipbuilding is you sit there and you sit in the shipbuilder for two hours and you hop out and you walk through the ship you just made. And yeah. you're like, ah, actually, I didn't like where I put that module. I'll put that somewhere else. Shipbuilding yep. is so fun. I talked about this last week. I've spent way too much time shipbuilding. I spent a ton of money on it. I spent all my money on it to make it as nice as I can. Um, but you brought up New Game Plus. Good segue here. I don't know if you're going to bring your money into New Game Plus. 
I, I don't know that for sure, but just keep that in mind. If you're hoarding money with anticipation of bringing that over, check that before you you start New Game Plus. Spend it now. Check. Maybe, maybe spend it now. <laughs> Have you guys seen anything about New Game Plus yet? Okay, and, and I don't know details yet either. I'm I just want to share with you, no spoilers. Share with you, and then also the audience that uh, Todd Howard said back before this launched that the game only really starts when you start new game plus like it only really opens up more when you start new game plus i don't know what that means i've had friends who have finished it now jake was on last week he has since finished since last week um and he says you you have to do new game plus um and i asked a few questions also you lose you lose everything whenever you go into new game plus except Mm. your skill tree which i i saw some criticism that's like man the skill tree is really hard to level up and it's it's very deep and i was thinking but i'm like no, for me who likes slow progress in games, I'll be on my fifth new game plus eight years from now, extremely proud of my skill tree, right? <laughs> I think with Skyrim, it's like you always restart a character and you, you re-roll a character and you're doing a new story, whatever. With how they've structured this, I'm going to have the same save for the next 20 years probably. And it's just going to be a rollover of my new game plus, and that skill tree is going to get better and better. And apparently there's other things in the game that change significantly when you do new game plus. I'm going to leave it at that. I don't know the details around that, but it's like from what I'm being hurt, what, what I'm being told, you have to do new game plus. So I've never felt more compelled to finish a game to start new game plus ever, but the, the hype is around it. So um, I, I, I want to wrap up a lot of stories. I, I really want to do a robust gameplay before I start my new, my first new game plus, but I do, I'm excited for that. So I want to bring that up. I wasn't sure what you heard. Um, guys, anything else in Starfield before we move on to our next segment? Play it. Oh, I have to download it. It looks like it's in my iCloud. Let's see if it, uh, let me give me a second here. All right. Our next segment is forever young. All right, guys, we're throwing it back to September 29th, 1996. Guys, where were you at in September of 1996? What were you doing? How old were you? Gabe, you probably were, you probably were goo-goo-gagging and over there, weren't you? Yeah, I was one year old. Yep. All right. All right, Ethan, where were you at? Were you... What was this? You were, uh, no, I was going to do an old joke. I can't do it. No, I'm going to do no, it. No, this, this was right before I had just graduated high school. And this was my first, like, by myself with my buddy trip out to Moab, Utah, wow. of all places, to go mountain biking. Yeah. Cool. September, September October. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. So you really know where you're at. I was six. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I, I'm in the same boat as Gabe. I was, <laughs> I don't know what I was doing, but I was six. Actually, I do know because. This 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 is why I know. But as we always start with the segment, we're going to talk about movies and music first, and then we'll get to what this actual gaming release was. Okay, movies is very light. I only have did I do two movies? I did one movie. This was, and you might have to fact check this. Ethan, this was after a great summer because we had Independence Day that summer. I can assure you, September bad. If you can, if you, I don't know if you can look right now while I'm looking this up and fact check me if I'm missing anything here, but I had one that I want to call out because I do remember this one movie. Do you remember the movie Fly Away Home? Doesn't even ring a bell. No. Fly Away Home with Jeff Daniels and Anna Paquin. 
Rogue. Holy cow. Really? Rogue. From from X-Men. Yeah. yeah. Um but Jeff Daniels? Jeff Daniels, yeah, Dumb and Dumber. This is a, a couple of years things. after Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, yeah. yeah. arachnophobia, my hate, most hated movie. Oh. <laughs> I am arachnophobic because of that movie. I want yeah. you to know. Yeah. It, it that movie changed me forever. But yes, oh, yeah. Jeff Daniels of arachnophobia, yeah. Of arachnophobia fame. Um yeah, Fly Away Home. Okay, I'm going to give you the premise and maybe it, it it'll ring a bell. There's some estrangement in this family. It's father daughter or like stepdad. I don't know. Exa- I don't remember exactly what the detail is here, but they find like ducks, and they start nursing these ducks back to health. And the ducks have to migrate south for the winter or north. I think it's south, right? South. Where do where do ducks south, migrate? South for winter. Okay. So yeah, he, you're already south. So you yeah, I, I get it. They I migrate get it. where yeah. I'm at. I don't know where they're going. <laughs> I think they're in Canada or something like that. And he builds a glider with his daughter, you know, Anna Paquin here. And they, they fly away home. They fly these ducks South home. Do you remember Mm -hmm. this at all? Does this ring any bells? It it is ringing a bell because there was a guy that was flying a ultralight, uh, to, to bring a a flock of geese that was raised around. I was going to say it had to have been based on something like that. It's based on a true story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's it. It's for ringing movies. a bell. That's it for movies. That's by it. The way. I don't have. Yeah, that's why I wanted you to fact check. Because again, I'm six. I've seen plenty of movies from this time period. September of 1996 seems like it was a real drought of movies. So if you're fact checking, uh, I'm gonna go into music. But if you're you're looking, go ahead and and bring up anything you see. So music actually pretty good. Uh, a, a pretty good month for music here. And again, my bias is gonna show anytime we're talking about the 90s here. Um, but Weezer. What does Weezer release, uh, Ethan? You should. I, I assume you know this. This is it's ne- their second album. Um, and I forget the name of it now, but it's got the uh, the Japanese art on the cover. Gabe, do you know this one? You're on mute, Gabe. You yeah. Pinkerton, right? Yeah, Pinkerton. Pinkerton. Yeah, nailed it. Yes, Pinkerton. That's it. Pinkerton releases in September of 1996. Cake release uh, the album oh, Fashion Nugget, which included yes. the hit The Distance. Cheryl Crow releases her self-titled album, Cheryl Crow, uh, with hits like If It Makes You Happy and Every Day is a Winding Road. Matchbox 20 released the single Long Day. And then, guys, I apologize just to, to this will be stuck in your head for the rest of the episode, but OMC released the massive hit How Bizarre. How bizarre! How bizarre! Already uh, an earworm. It's I love that song. Gabe, do you know how bizarre? You're looking. Okay, no, you froze. Okay, you, do you know the song How Bizarre? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I you, do. You froze, and when your your screen froze, it was a blank look. Like I've never heard of this amazing song before. <laughs> yeah, that was like a TikTok trend for a little bit. How bizarre! Oh, Oh, yeah. was it really? Okay. Again, yeah. showing how old I am over here. The yeah. band, it got so popular. TikTok made it so popular that the band actually got back together to go back to the studio. Good for them. Good for them. They got their second wind uh, th- 25 years later. All right, uh, Ethan, uh, you have something here that I miss a movie? Other movies in or around the same time period, and we're talking September into October, just so we can draw in something that somebody might know. Um, the, the list of movies I have here is She Cried No. I saw that. Mother, may I sleep with danger? 
The First Wives Club. My my wife has that in her rotation. Uh, Two Mothers for Zachary and That Thing You Do, which is actually a really good movie. Okay. That Thing You Do That's is October. one. It's October, though. I, yeah. It's Tom Hanks. Yeah. I saw that one. I was sticking to September, but yes, there was something adjacent. But really, September was bad, right? This was a bad oh, yeah. month yeah, there's, for movies. There's really not anything there. But guys, <laughs> let's transition to the game. And and actually, I'm going to correct myself. It's games and a console. It might have been a bad movie month, but it was maybe maybe one of the most profound gaming months ever. So, guys, September 29th, 1996. Without looking it up, what console do you think came out? Give me throw any 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 ideas out there. 1996 is console. That, that's not the Nintendo 64, is it? It's the Nintendo 64. Okay. Yeah, the, I was the say U.S. That's about release. Right. Yeah, the U.S. release of the Nintendo 64, I, September. 29th. I got one late in '96. It was December. Maybe it might have been January, February. It was winter when I got one. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, Gabe just dropped off. So if you don't hear Gabe, he might have lost some internet there. But yeah. um, Ethan, I I bring. I'm glad you brought up when you got it because do you remember what the actual launch lineup was? No, because I bought it with Mario 64, and I think it wasn't very much longer after that. I had Shadows of the Empire, and those were my go-tos. Great. I'm glad you brought that up. The game, the console only launched with two games available. Wow. Only two games were available. Gabe, you back there? Yes, I'm back. Okay. We're what? just talking. We just briefly talked. In, in, the, the game is N64. The console's N64. Okay. Uh, September 29th, 1996. Was Star Fox 64 one of those releases? Nope. No. Okay. Right. Pilot Man. Wing 64. Oh, wow. So it was just Pilot Wing 64 or Super Mario 64. The next game that was released for it wasn't until November 4th, which was Wave Race. Following mm. that was Mortal Kombat November 12th. So we're talking about two launch games and then within the next three months two and a half months two more games that's sparse that's sparse but then you brought up a great point um shadows of the empire was actually supposed to be a launch title it was delayed Mm. um it was delayed and pushed back into december december 3rd 1996 so you got it probably at launch it's honestly it probably was a, a title you had to get alongside the 64 right that would probably motivate people to buy it um and i i found this out today Shadows Empire was available on Windows. Uh, I did not know that, but it was available on PC. <laughs> nice. um, so I guess you have probably the most vivid recollect of this time. What was the N64 like for you when you got it? Um, what do you remember at the time of the reception around it too? Okay, so the, I got this thing um, while still living at my parents' house. And it was about the time I ended up with Shadows of the Empire that I moved out of my parents' house. And was in my own apartment for the first time, little studio apartment above a garage. Um, it was bitterly cold because it was an open garage under the house. And so that cold air just so I I would sit on the ground in front of my little 19 inch C, uh, you know, CTV television with, you know, playing Mario or Shadows of the Empire. And I had no furniture I had a TV, I had a chair, a camp chair and a bed, and that was it. But I loved playing my 64. And even though that was, I didn't realize how sparse it was, but really between Mario 64 and Shadows of the Empire, what more did I need? I I, I was entertained for for hours (laughs) on end. And uh, yeah, so that's that's a good memory for me. What was the, uh, I guess, what was it like 
because I, I experienced 3D graphics for the first time with the N64. That was really it. I, I know I know the SNES was playing around with the the concept of it, but it was it was still very pixelated. Um, what was that like for you? Because you got to experience at an older age that actually you could probably appreciate it. Yeah, because like I mentioned before, our, our first console was the 8-bit Nintendo system at home after coming off of the Atari 2600, which yeah. I grew up with in the 80s. So everything was platform, two-dimensional, and that was just, that was how games were, that's that's what they were. Yeah. This was, it was seeing Mario jumping through the mirror <laughs> or into the mirror, it was just, it, it, it completely... You almost want to say it took the television and added that other dimension to it that you didn't know that you were going to live to see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you see you see graphics in movies and things like that, and now you're getting just a hint of it in your console sitting on your floor at home. And it was, yeah, it was a different time. You You realized I'm in a different time now. I'm being entertained by something completely different. It's funny those those picture frames you're jumping into. It, it's quite meta when you look back at it and the feeling of that at that time because it yeah. it was like you are being transported through this. You know, just as Mario is being transported in this other worlds, you are now also through 3D graphics. I, the N64 yeah. is amazing. I, I have such fond memories. But I don't remember exactly when I got it because I was younger. I remember Goldeneye was one of the earlier titles, so I need to look back when Goldeneye came out. It was actually one of our we talked about it last week. But um, do you remember the original price what you bought it at? Uh, I had my first real decent job and I didn't have to actually worry about it. So I don't remember what I paid for it. No. Any guesses? $299? 200 Okay. Yeah. It, they wanted to launch at 250 but to, to be competitive with uh, Sega, they they launched at 200 Yeah. It was, that was the first console that I bought. That my, you know, my parents didn't buy it for me or my grandmother didn't buy it for me. That was my first console that I bought on my own, just with my own money. And it, I, my recollection is that it didn't break the bank for me at the yeah. time. Yeah. Of course, there wasn't, you know, a whole lot else to spend your money on, really. You know, other than a, I had a, a really janky tower that I had built, but um, I, I think it was pushing a 486 processor. But, oh, really? Uh, that's a, that's all. That's other decades. Uh, Gabe, any any experience with the N sixty four? Did you have an N sixty four? So I never had one, but my uh, cousins did. So yeah, um, Gold and I, you know, I remember being four or five years old, you know, and trying to play. You know, you can't you can't really play anything at that age, I don't think, and be coherent with it. So. I mean, I do. I think that's definitely where my love of first-person shooters came from. Was those early times playing Goldeneye, you know? But yeah, I never really got to. My first game console was a yeah, it wasn't a Nintendo sixty-four, so it was a Sega actually. Okay, um, I looked it up just because you brought it up again, Gabe. Like I brought up, uh, Goldeneye came out in August of nineteen ninety-seven, so pretty much a year after the launch of the original um, console. Gabe, uh, Ethan, you might know this. Do you know why it's called uh, the N64? 64-bit, right? Nailed it. Yep, 64-bit. Um, one last fun fact with this is that it was the first, and I say mainstream controller to ever feature an analog stick. I say I say mainstream because the Vectrix, you remember the Vectrix, Ethan? 
<laughs> not especially I, that is a word i remember hearing did that come into play for some reasons star fox 64 is standing out as something that was different for nintendo and how it was developed was vectrix involved in that somehow so vectrix was actually its own boutique console it, it just never hit oh wow it never hit big um it was developed in the 80s so mm. we're talking 1983 here for a japan launch 82 in north america um and games like asteroids and uh i'm sorry not asteroids uh mindstorm which was inspired by asteroids uh it's it's just again i think there was an era where you're actually having a lot of different consoles that were doing it, unique are, it, were they doing vector graphics yes. is that what we're talking about okay yep. yeah, 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 yeah yep i remember that era i i love the old uh uh star wars arcade box you know with the you know flying flying along the death star with those, those old vector graphics so, yeah so really these the 64 n64 controller made it mainstream but you okay. know the analog stick did actually go back to the early 80s um Guys, anything else on N64? I just thought this was uh, when I saw this date. It's it's tomorrow, so we're we're recording this on September twenty eighth. Tomorrow um, is the is the anniversary here. Anything else on N sixty four before we move into some uh, housekeeping? No, just some good times, good times in my own apartment. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I feel like N sixty four is one that a lot of people have a lot of fond memories. Ryan specifically, if he was on this episode, he he loves the N sixty four. Guys, let's get into some. How, oh, no, no, no. Hold on. I got to play out the song, right? You can't just listen to it once on an episode. <laughs> uh, and that was our Forever Young segment. <laughs> Haven't been copyright struck from that yet because I, I put some echoes in there. I messed with the audio a bit and uh, we're good. We're good. It's guys. yours. It's also, yours. like, steal my profits, please. Uh, <laughs> What's zero? What is zero percent? What is 100 percent of zero? Uh, zero. So, uh, guys, let's get some housekeeping. Housekeeping. There it is. I was wondering who's gonna happen with that. Uh, upcoming episodes. More Starfield. Just if I'm being honest here, uh, I was in Italy for the last ten days or the recent ten days, and I haven't played enough Starfield. I need to get back into it. What was it rough being in Italy, knowing Starfield was waiting on on you at home? It's not. A, is that a joke question? Because it's actually very serious. No, okay. I, I'm curious. I'm, I want to learn about Jacob Bush and the type of man he is. The type the of Bush, answer to this the type, question. The type of Bush. The type of person that Jacob Bush is. The type of Bush. Um, I am a homebody. I am. I am a person that, if you were to say, you can have ten days anywhere in the world, or ten days in your laundry room office playing video games. I would likely choose 10 days in my laundry room office playing video games. Okay. My wife is not that my wife would like to see the world. And that is why we are perfect for each other because she pushes me to see the world. And when I see the world, I love it. I loved it. I loved traveling. I loved Italy. Um, I would have never pushed myself to do it though. So yeah. Yeah. If you talk to Jacob 14 days ago, <clears throat> dreading the trip, not excited, worried about leaving the kids here. Um, worried about, you know, being on a plane for 11 hours, worried about driving in Italy, worried, about, you know, I was, I was full of worry. Um, and it all worked out and it was amazing. Um, but part of why I didn't want to leave was also, ah, oh, but Starfield's so good. Like I'm, I'm yeah. loving Starfield. Um, yes. that, I didn't ever vocalize that at the time. I don't think that would have been received. Well you can't. By, 
anyone. Good man. Good man. But uh, the trip was amazing. But yeah, if if I really got down to who I am as a person, I I'm simple. I'm a simple man. I would have in a different in a different uh, century. I would have been the person who just never left their farm and just worked on it and and played video games. <laughs> that needs uh, to be a segment of the show. Simple kind of man. Yeah, there's more copyrighted material you could pull as a stinger for that too. Oh, for sure. So a lot of old country, just, a lot of old western. There you go. Um, yeah, so more Starfield uh, to come. Uh, sea of Stars. I started actually on the trip. Sea of Stars is really good. It, it goes back to the the JRPG era, like on the SNES. Have you played it at all, Gabe? Have you seen it? What do you think so yeah, far, I, Gabe? Of, uh, um, I've only played a little bit of it, and yeah, I mean, it's definitely got like that old school, like what Chrono Trigger type feel. Chrono Trigger. Um, yep. You know. And it's beautiful, but it's like, I just don't want to spend my time reading that much right now. You know, it's going to, I know it's going to be great, but I, uh, Starfield exists right now. Hello. You know, it'll have its time and place. It's a good, obvious good game. Um, But even for me playing it on the plane, I was, I can't sleep on planes, So I was very tired on it and I was just falling asleep at, at moments, just reading and reading and reading, but it's a really fun game. I recommend it's on game pass. If you just want to try it. Um, another game, that we will be uh, reviewing eventually after Starfield is Baldur's Gate 3. Guys, have you guys touched Baldur's Gate 3? Ethan, I see a hand there. You've, have you started Baldur's Gate 3? No, no, uh, nor probably am I going to. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. If There's a whole reason for that. Listen to my podcast if you want to get a little into to why that's the case. Um, I, I wanted to ask, is there any interest in reviewing this year's release uh, of... Uh, Deliver us Mars. I was just curious about that. Deliver that us Mars. Uh, as of right now, no, because I, I'm I, not. I, I would say as a suggestion for a future show, put that on your radar. Yeah, since we're talking about space games, that was released earlier this year, and I have started into it. Sadly, just a week before Starfield was released, and I have not touched it since I got Starfield going, but. Uh, part of a series, a couple of games. Deliver us the moon was the first one. Okay. Very good game, highly recommended. Came out in 2019, and then Deliver us Mars is actually a very good add-on or a very good extension of that that franchise. It looks uh, very story driven, right? Is that it is very story driven? Okay, yes. okay, interesting. Very okay, I'm gonna add this to my Steam wish list just to keep it on my radar. It looks like right now it's 30 bucks, so I'm sh- sure it'll go on sale. I, I picked up the the both of those games on a sale for nineteen ninety nine. So oh no wait yeah I see that this bundle here deliver us deliver us bundle it's fifty two right now but yeah I'll I'll keep yeah. an eye out for they'll, that yeah they'll mark it down deliver us the moon is on PlayStation Plus uh, catalog because I just downloaded it today actually oh, oh so, excellent okay. very yeah. good game all right I'll add that to my radar um, also can, did you say did you say you were going to be playing you're going to be doing a Baldur's Gate Three, yeah. When we get, when we circle back to it, are you playing? Yes. Yes. Are you I liking? Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. I. Uh, we haven't talked much about it yet, but it's. Uh, it's special, man. It's really cool. It's. It. I'm. Obviously, saving myself for Starfield right now. Right. This. I'm focused right. on Starfield. But I. I. I will. I will play Baldur's Gate before the end of the year. That's a goal of mine. Um. So, yeah, well, I want to get your feedback on that when you start picking that up more too, Gabe. 
Ethan, when you reference your podcast, is it the recent Geekly Retrospect that you talk about this? Uh, yeah, just released yesterday. In okay, fact. I'm I'm like 20 minutes into it. I, I listened to it on my way home today. Um, so I'm guessing I'm not at that part yet because I haven't heard that. So um, yeah. let's plug that right now. Speaking of housekeeping, please plug that up that, that podcast. Geekly Retrospect. That's my once a month show that I do. Release it on Gabe's uh, Wannabe Network. Uh, I, I was a little late getting going because my cohort guest uh, for, for this month, we had some scheduling issues. But uh, we got it recorded and uh, a, a lot of uh, shenanigans ensued. So check out Geekly Retrospect issue number five. How September. do you how do you not call him Twistin every time you talk to him? Because when you said his I, full name, I don't. When you said his <laughs> what's his full name? What was you said it on the Tristan Twitchell? Tristan Twitchell. Yeah, it's a tongue. It, it it's a definite tongue. <laughs> That's twister. a comic yeah. book name. I I love that for for one thing. I <laughs> yes. want I want it to be clear that I am praising this name right now. But if you were to say that name and then rightfully say Twistin after it, that's fair. That is a fair. And I did. I, you did it, and I listened to it, and I was like, I, I don't think I physically can say the word Tristan right now after hearing those two and I have, together. And I have always had trouble with it, ever <laughs> since I've known the guy for well over 15 years I'm now. I'm sure so. he gets it all the time, right? Yeah. He, he is used yeah. to that. Um, Gabe, anything to plug? You you plugged. How can they find that blog that you're talking about, your, your, Starfield, your Starfield blog? Yeah, so you can just go to wannabecritic.com com and it's uh in the blog library it's the featured blog like that's pretty much all that's pretty much the only thing i have going right now um i am working on stuff uh but i'm not really talking about it i'm not really gonna put you know i'm not it's not ready like I, i'm i am working on things but like i can't talk about it okay can i make a request for you to work on something I mean, it's asking a lot. Maybe what do you want punch, me? What, what, should, punch, what should I? Punt, punch Starfield's everything right now. Yeah, give me some punch With, Ethan and I, I force, Ethan I force you guys I, uh, together on my show so I can get a taste of punch counter punch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it. It's not because it's not for lack of trying. Like I think Ethan's asked about it, and I just things are literally just so day to day right now. Sure. Um, and for the listeners, it's, you know, my wife and I were displaced at the moment, um, living in a camper and, uh, it's just, it is what it is at the moment. You know, want to be critic yeah. productions has to be put on hold. Um, I am the, like the, the beauty, you know. the beauty of it is Gabe won't say it, but I, I will say it. Um, the beauty, beautiful thing is that Gabe's a little bit closer to me. So the, the door is open for us to be in the room together, actually doing our recordings together. So yes. I'm excited for that. So yes, there is more PCP coming. It's going to have the energy that, you know, that we wanted to have. That, I was yeah. going to say, the energy like that you, it can needs. Just, you can just roll up on Ethan's front yard. You park that right in his, in his grass and you record right there in, in, in his front yard. That's what you do. Do you have a, do you have a poop exit? Um, can I we just, got full hookups, man. Full hookups. Yeah, can I just park it. Let's do it. Or I can just. No, yeah, you just, I can you just, just do I can what just, they did. I, in, uh, I mean, Christmas we're this vacation. Yeah, yeah we're this. <laughs> you can't be this close to Arkansas and not be fully prepared for your family to show up in their fifth wheel. It's Literally, just, that's how it is. <laughs> yeah. That's how it is. Yeah, exactly. Just, uh, I want to quote Christmas vacation, but this is family friendly. I know. It's family friendly. <laughs> Something's full. Something's yeah, full. Okay. I, I have been saying that. I have been saying that. Um, through this whole process, you have to. You have yeah, to say I mean, that. it's, it's uh, a yeah. yeah. So, guys, 
uh well whenever you guys get back to pcp i am i am the fan that is anxiously awaiting and i can't i'm, I'm looking forward to it but um guys thank you for the short notice on this one i appreciate it um ryan and nick ryan specifically very busy this week he took a vacation to florida came back to a lot of work and i wanted to give him some a, a break this week so uh we will likely be returning on next episode with ryan and nick um, but the, the, uh, PCP cast here, I always love having him on guys. Um, anything before we go, anything else you guys good? No, good. Enjoy real pumpkin spice season. Everyone. Yeah. I, can't, I, will, I already got my pump, my foam, whatever, you know, whatever it is tastes delicious. I, I'm, I'm all about the, the, the pumpkin flavors guys. Uh, thanks again. And we will see you in two weeks. Goodbye. We don't talk about tall guilt enough, you know?